Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. And this week, joining us in studio, we have April Belia. Am I saying your last name right? I just realized I forgot to check Belia. with you. Belia. Excellent. Not Belia or Belia. Anyways, <laughs> April. <laughs> I've known April for a long time online. Uh, today's the first day I actually get to meet her, which is fantastic. But I'm going to pass it over to Luca because you've had much more connection with April over the years. Yeah, I was trying to remember how long I've known you now because it's been an, a number of years. We met through networking. Yes. And and um, uh, you, you April, are a networker extraordinaire. We were, we were talking about that on, on the way into the studio today because um, April loves to network and meet new people and find out what their stories are and definitely put people in touch with other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what you were doing when I first met you was um, getting your Granola Girl um, company up and rolling, and it was in its fairly early stages at that time, and it is fantastic granola. And it's got, got, and it's in pink packaging, which is um, April's favorite color. And it's, uh, it's granola that is organic, uh, well, it's your your some are organic, s- some organic ingredients, some organic ingredients, but definitely it's got. I think it's got a kosher hexure on it, doesn't it? Nut free, gluten free, yeah, proudly made in BC. Yeah, yeah, and it's also got on the on the back of it, or it did. It's in new packaging now, but you used to have your um, star oh. pattern. Thing. Well, now it's at the front, on it. which oh, is my sole blueprint. Your sole blueprint. There you go. Using the ingredients. Um, so I, I, I'm going to I'm going to hand all of this over to you because, as you said in your in uh, the materials that you sent to us, you're a serial entrepreneur. Spelled, at, but spelled C- differently. It's spelled like cereal, which is what the <laughs> Granola Girls granola is. Um, so t- uh, tell us a little bit about um, not not just how you got your company started. Because um, that was a journey in, uh, on all on its own, but also what made you want to start your own company in the first place? Because that's not an easy thing to do. No, and I'm gonna say I didn't wake up one morning thinking I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's a tough life. Now yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> and no one would intentionally choose this if they knew all the struggles and challenges that came along with it. Yeah. But I'm going to say the circumstances of my life is what led me to entrepreneurship. So the year I was married in 2000, the year I had my first son in 2001, is the year that women were granted one-year maternity leave. And after not working for someone for a year, it's really hard to go back. Mm -hmm. And you're wondering, you know, who's going to take care of my kids? And I'm going to just work so that I could pay for daycare. So I had to be creative and think, what can I create at home that I can monetize and still be with my kids and have the flexibility? Uh, So back then, I had a wedding cake business. So I was doing that for 12 years. And as the kids grew up, I didn't want to have a seasonal job. I turned to consumer package goods. 
um, so that I didn't have to worry about being so hands-on, uh, although it was very hands-on in the beginning. But I knew it would get me to a place where I could work on the business and not in the business and have other people yeah. support me. Yeah, yeah. And so I just really loved the whole freedom lifestyle. It works really well for uh, having three children within four years. And um, it's also just part of my personality to not be able to sit still or not work nine to five or stay in an office or even ha I had a dream of owning a bake shop, but I'm like, I can't sit in a bake shop empty waiting for people to come. I have to go out to the people. So you wanted something that you were where you were free to make your own schedule, to mm -hmm. go where you wanted to go, when you wanted to go, and meet the people you wanted to meet. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you started a support group mm -hmm. uh, because you said at the time you needed support, so and you couldn't find it, so you went out and created what you needed. Exactly. So can, can you tell us a little? And, it was, and that was how I met you yeah, originally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, it was perfect for me because it was a tea party, and <laughs> I like tea parties. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what, what was it that you were looking for, and how did you go about creating that? So I slowly discovered that being an entrepreneur was a very lonely life. We're either, you know, sitting in our little home offices or in coffee shops, not talking to anyone. There was no one who we could turn to amongst our friends who was of the same mindset. And, uh, you know, when you're sitting at a desk and you've got coworkers around you, you just have that friendly banter or, you know, bounce ideas off of. And, and I didn't have that. So I said, uh, I'm going to go out and look for it. And when I did, I didn't find a group that was the right fit for me. And having come from the wedding industry, I knew a lot of people who were running their own businesses. So I said, why don't we get together as friends, talk about our businesses, see what we learn from each other, and do a little venting, maybe have some celebrations as well, and some hurrah moments. And it's nice to share with others. You know, both mm -hmm. your struggles and your celebrations. So that's what I was lacking in my life. And entrepreneurs are problem solvers. So if we don't find it, we're going to create it. And that's how <laughs> yes. Serendipity Tea Party came about <laughs> yeah. with the help of Baljeet. So mm -hmm. she brought her intuitive friends. I brought my business friends. And we said, we're on to something here. Like, we can really learn from each other and foster So how many people were at that very first, because you called it the serendipity tea party. Yep. Yep. How many people were at that first tea party? There were 14 in my living room. Baljeet invited seven people. I invited another seven. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of her friends who were coming in were talking, were speaking like a language that I, that lit me up. They were saying things like alignment and resonate. And I'm like, I don't know people who talk like that, but I'm loving this. So I want to get to know you more. And I need more of people like you in my life. So calling those people in through connections and friends of friends. And it just became one really big, awesome, supportive, friendly group of women. And it, which eventually moved out of your living room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was getting a lot to handle. You know, different energies were coming into my home, and uh, it was time to take it out. Plus, we also thought, can we scale this? You know, is this, um, I guess, is this a, a, a format that we can duplicate on the outside? And we tried, and we failed, but it didn't matter because uh, the women were still coming, and they felt 
like it was a special place that they couldn't find anywhere else. And we still know a lot of those women. I mean, oh, yeah. It, yeah. The, the, the tea parties aren't happening every month anymore, but no. the connections are still happening constantly. And it's really nice to see how people have grown, how they've evolved, where their businesses are at now, or how they've pivoted or shifted or done things completely different. Yeah. But uh, So I'm starting to notice a theme. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. Luca asks lots of questions. I sit back and listen. Then all of a sudden I'm like, hey. I noticed. Um, a lot of your innovations are aimed at satiating hunger. Hmm. In many different forms. Yeah. And so how are you reaching that now? Aside from Granola Girl, is there something new you're reaching into now, another area of hunger that you're noticing in the community that you're looking to fill? Well, it's funny. Food is a theme, Mm -hmm. first of all, because I grew up in a bake shop. My parents owned a bake shop. And and food was equated with love Mm -hmm. for me. And um, I'm a big foodie. But eventually, after a lot of work, inner work, I'm like, what am I trying to fill in my life with mm-hmm. food? You know, what, what, is, what is the void in my life? And really, it, it was at first, it was acknowledgement, it was being seen, it was being heard, it was, um, you know, having my, me saying things out loud that I would just normally keep to myself. But in terms of satiating myself, it's how can I add more awesomeness to my life? Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to encounter? What am I going to learn today? So I have this insatiable craving, I would say, to know others, to know things that I don't know, um, to create things in my life that really light me up. Whether, you know, it, it could be really simple. It doesn't have to go really overboard. But um, But that's a really good interpretation <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, pattern. yeah it's 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 true i mean it is about food but the food is as you said it's like it's a window too right it's like mm-hmm. uh, use the word it's a way to connect nourishment right? it's nourishment yeah. Yeah. and even through serendipity tea party sure there was food it was like one of those things where it's like you come to eat and share drink and you know we all have heard the adages but also it's just it's it's truth across cultures right you break bread together mm-hmm. you build friendship and relationship and community but your serendipity tea parties were there to fill the hunger of the need for connection, yes. right? And to be right. witnessed. And also, I love how you were talking about bringing together the the intuitive or the spiritual business people, but then business business people. And, mm-hmm. and you were building a bridge there. Sure. And that becomes something where it's like fertilization because you're suddenly getting new thoughts, new ideas, even if they're uncomfortable, Mm-hmm. one side to the other it's it's a challenge to stretch you right and exactly. into, into new experiences well yeah. and here's another pattern that emerged out of that i when i started a business i thought i needed a business coach and so i was seeking you know maybe in my network i'll find a great business coach and who i was ending up going to were a lot of intuitive coaches and life coaches and I quickly realized that I don't need a business coach. I need a guide. I need an intuitive um, coach or mentor or guide that's going to help me in my life. That's also going to spill into the decisions I make about my business. So that's when everything became 
uh, heart-based. And that's how we marketed Serendipity Tea Party. We said we are heart-based businesses. It's not like profit first, but we wanted to develop relationships and connections with people before we're going to start referring or before talking about our business. It's like, who are you first? And then tell me what you do. And that was a big difference between the Serendipity Tea Party and other networking groups that I was mm-hmm. going to at the same time. It, it, yeah, and it was very clear when I got into that group that there were a lot of people in there who were uh, either solopreneurs or entrepreneurs um, or small business people, but, but that there was a spiritual hunger in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody was comfortable uh, at least hearing the language of it and became, as they came more, they got more and more comfortable with speaking the language of it. Yes. And so we had this group of people where, uh, and, and it was all women at the beginning, um, where everybody was um, wanting to uh, run businesses that had a soul connection. That were that were not not religious, but but spiritual and spiritual in the most in a way pragmatic way, mm-hmm. right? That they they wanted to know that what they were doing in the world was making a difference, and it wasn't harming the planet, and it was good for the people who were working in it, and for the people to whom they were selling their services or their products, mm-hmm. and so that and that was that was different yep. at the time. Oh, for sure, and we had to be really good at discerning, you know, we're using the certain language among our friends, but when we go out into the world, we're going to change that language so other people get it, so that it actually lands and we're not, you know, discredited because we said, yeah. And you not know. alienating other yeah. people either, exactly. right? It wasn't like this was a little in cliquey group. But I'm group. also hearing that you're making it accessible. Yeah. I find yeah. like I'm having those conversations like with my dad. I use a lot of... I don't think they're in speak terms because everybody through everybody you know my knows them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then he'll say, "Whoa, what is that? I don't know what." That <laughs> I'm like, "You do know what that means, Dad. Like, yeah. you were the one who got me into coaching." And in but then it does. It, it's it is helpful to remember that there are other ways we can use to describe the same thing that we are. You know, we're we're we we are maybe talking about the same things. So we might be using different language. We actually had this conversation even in the car on the way up here, didn't we? We exactly. were talking about different religions or different paradigms of the world and how it works and yes. how we may actually all be talking about the same kinds of things. We were talking about like intuition versus leading of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Your previous guest, the extraterrestrial exactly. researcher. researcher. Yes. You know, I, yeah. we use different words, but we're trying to talk. And all of these things are usually trying to talk about the intangibles, right? Yeah. And yeah. Tr- just finding a way to talk about the intangibles because that's that's where there's there's room for discovery and i'm hearing you motivated by that mystery by that learning edge but even beyond the language there are just people who walk into your life and you're like there are no words we get you yeah. i've i've yeah. had meetings with uh you know a good friend now but back then he would just sit across me and be like yeah, we can be friends. <laughs> like, where? What did you tune yeah. into? Who told you that? And that's an energy thing. Yeah, right? it's like an. Um, I call it an energy fingerprint. Mm. And we think, oh, yes, okay, that's oh. that's been validated now. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it's almost like when you put your palm print on something to let you in, right? Yet to everyone else, it's go with your gut. Yeah. I had a gut yeah. feeling we would be good friends. Yeah, there is no talk of energy there. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. 
I, w- I was led by God to be your friend. All of these things are the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we just used yeah, yeah, whatever language. Right. Whatever language yeah. we are comfortable yeah. with is what we We were use. talking about that before, the crossover languages, yeah. right? It's, mm-hmm. and, and I use the language of metaphor. I say, mm-hmm. well, it's like this. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like this sort of experience. And people say, oh, it's relatable. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, it's relatable. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of And we meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we are talking to um, April Bellia, serial entrepreneur and intuitive coach, um, founder of Granola Girl Granola. And many of you may have um, seen uh, the, the granola on for, for sale in lots of different um, – is, is it available across Canada now or is it still in Not British Columbia? Yet. We're in Western Canada at all London Drugs and Save-On Food stores. Yeah. A lot of local independent stores as well, yeah. and uh, and, you, and a lot of stores who support um, local businesses. Yeah, yeah, They're great. Yeah. So go support yeah, yeah. them too. Yeah. yeah, I think you're in Community Grocer too, oh, the, which is um, run by a friend who we had on the show before too. Yeah. I feel like I've seen your stuff there. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, the, <laughs> you're everywhere. I see you everywhere. Yes. Um, I have a thought. I'm thinking about um, where where you were reaching with your serendipity tea parties and that need for entrepreneurs to find their kin, right? Mm-hmm. To find the people who get them to have those conversations about the things that are hard. And then you, you were finding the overlap of how it, it became more juicy when there was talk on uh, from those who were more, let's say, active spiritually or that was rolled into their business. And ha- it sounds to me like I can remember f- seeing a wave kind of come through where a lot of people who were working on their own, working seriously on their businesses, but needing to also be able to be their round self and not just be like a chunk of themselves in their business that's very business-like. Be their wholeness. Yeah, the yeah. fullness of them, which is where the, when we are able to talk about these spiritual aspects, it kind of makes more room for that roundness. But I've been noticing another trend lately. Um, I know I was trying to work on it, I know, but I'm not alone in it. I think it's a societal thing. I think it's a communal, community thing. And it's like the next wave where it's like, okay, yes, we need to roll in the spiritual conversations, but we also need to roll in the realness, the rawness, the we're not perfectness, the actually it's broken sometimes-ness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm yeah. kind of seeing that come out now yeah. where a lot of people are like, you know what? We need to not pretend anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't about putting on the brave face and the makeup and the shiny suit or whatever and just using the right terms and you know being yeah. very persuasive that we might actually be building better connection with each other when we're like, okay, today really sucks. Being raw. Yeah, and actually I don't know what I'm doing here right now. So the perfect (laughs) example of this is when when I started out in the business world in the early 80s and came out of business school, um, I was working in human resources and one of the things that I had said to me all the time was um, people's personal lives and their business lives are not, they're separate. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, yeah, but they're not. They're not. If somebody's going through a divorce, that comes to work with them. Yeah. And if the company is laying people off all over the place and everybody's having to work harder, then that goes home with them. Yes. And and so this this idea that, you know, 
because and and I've experienced this a lot since I started networking in in Vancouver. There were people who um, had just had kids, like like you said, you were going through that when you started up granola, the Granola Girl. Um, that there were people who were going through postpartum depression. There were people who were dealing with. Um, uh, breakups in their marriages and or being, you know, single parents or like there was any number of different things that were going on as they were running their businesses on top of that it's hard to run your own business or hard to start up your own business or hard to change your business or change careers or whatever it is. That's part of this wholeness too, right? Mm-hmm. That we, that we want to be able to show up at the table with all of who we are and yeah. not have to pretend that some parts of us don't exist because otherwise we might be excluded, we might be written off, judged, m- judged um, you know, it, and, and so and, and in this way, what I've, one of the things that I've seen a lot within our networks is people reaching out and helping one another to get through all of, oh, yeah. all of this, mm-hmm. right? And you I, wouldn't I, know I've been there, to reach out yeah. if nobody shared about exactly. what they were going through. Yeah. Yeah. But so we're not little silos. This is yeah. that we're now, we're now going community. across and, and going into community and being collaborative and cooperative and mm-hmm. Uh, doing all that community building. What you're saying when people, they put on their work clothes and they have a different persona when they're at work than from where they're at home and totally relaxed. Isn't it interesting that you've got two different personas and that became the norm Mm. is to have two hats or more hats. Mm. Whereas it really is more simple Mm. to be one person, you, Mm. rather than pretending and the pretending and the mask became people's norms. Yes. And they didn't know how to take it off. Yeah. So they didn't know how to show up to events, you know, having just fought back tears or, you know, changed the baby's diaper and showed up to work and not talk about it or not talk about the, the hard things that they might have just come out of. But what we were telling a lot of women at these events, and, and it's funny because one woman would show up in her business suit to my home mm-hmm. and I said, you know, Nobody must have filled you in. This is not a business <laughs> networking event. <laughs> and we're here to be ourselves, to relax, leave the suit, leave the you know, designer purse at the door. We're not here to impress. We're here to connect. And you, it's a lot di- more difficult to connect with someone who has this image of perfection. Yeah. It's like, well, I can't be that. I'm not that. I can't talk to you because now I feel like I'm comparing everything I say to what you've done and it's not going to be good enough, so I can't. I'm going to go talk to the person who's been crying because, you know, maybe I've gone through a similar situation. Maybe I can help her, you know, work through that. So it became very supportive in mm-hmm. the environment. It's was wonderful. Just, it, yeah, yeah, it's safe. Yeah. And it safe. still is. It oh, still yeah. is, right? So I'm, I'm feeling like it's time for one of your songs. All and right. the one that's springing out to me actually was the first one we pulled up here. So I've got One Republic's Good Life. Does this feel like a good time to play this one? Yeah. Um, would you like to tell us before we listen or after we listen why you chose this song? Um, I can tell you right now because this it. actually, this song goes in line with what uh, I brought. And we can get into that later. For but sure. and tell. Even, yeah. even if you look at the shirt I'm wearing today, <laughs> it's... So when I hear this song, when the song the song comes on the radio, it really it reminds me of how blessed I am, how grateful, 
um, I am for for the life that I've created for myself and and one thing I'm really going to get on you know with coaching is is what I want everyone to know is you're the creator you're the destroyer of mm. your own life so don't get in your own way um, when you hear this song you know be reminded of what you have what you have to be grateful for and if you're not having a good life uh, what are the things that you're going to do to create that for yourself all right let's take a listen to one republic's good life we will be back in the studio with april in just a few minutes
We are broadcasting from unceded Coast Salish territory in Burnaby, BC, and we respectfully acknowledge that this is the unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. We are settlers on their land, and we all would do very well to be paying attention to what they are saying about how best to treat the land and the history of the land, and to honor their presence and to um, see how best we can support this land and all of the people that are on it. Um, you are listening to Essential Conversations with Luca and Rebecca, and we have as our guest here in the studio, April Bellia, and we were just listening to One Republic song, um, Good Life, and uh, that was representative of the gratitude that April has, but I was feeling it too while listening to the song. I, yeah. I, I know what you mean by that. Like mm-hmm. We've been talking about entrepreneurship, but also how we're feeding those needs of independence and flexibility, connection, spirituality, wholeness, all of these wonderful things. And um, I I know that it's crossed my lips many times when I, I'm a serial entrepreneur, not serial, <laughs> literally is the serial that you created with your granola. But um, yeah, always, you know, many, many balls in the air, lots of things. That I don't I'm think doing. entrepreneurs can stop at one. No. Well, it's no. once you got the taste for the it is independence but it's not as we see by what you were doing with your tea parties it's not just about being independent if there's a need for interdependence mm-hmm. but the autonomy of being able to do to create something that's authentic for you mm-hmm. and it, it is hard it there's a there's a lot of costs to it and I, I know personally i suspect you would say the same thing uh, it is so worth it for me the costs oh, i mean yeah. even yeah. though the financial struggles at times and the ups and the downs and the loneliness that can be there I my life is my own, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it's not for everyone. It is no. not for everybody. No, 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 no. no. Yes. <laughs> so well, there, I, I think, think there are formulas. Yeah, we're the paradigm be. changers, right? And I think that changing anything isn't isn't uphill. Um, oh yeah, um, a new way to bus- do business, a it's new a way new to way. connect. Yeah. So we're new we're going against the existing flow, yeah. and and through our own need, pointing out another way to do things. Mm-hmm. So and we're not satisfied no. with what's out there when how, you think you can do better. How did this show up for you when you were little? This attitude of life. Well. Um, I was the firstborn girl, only child for 12 years. I was called bossy in kindergarten. That made me think, maybe later on I wouldn't be the best employee (laughs) (laughs) for someone else. Um, I think because I was an only child, I, I was spoiled. And I got what I wanted. And it was, I wouldn't take no for an answer. I'd uh, find better ways. I would definitely go against the grain when I think about some of the projects or even artwork I was talking about I did. I'm like, I didn't want to be like everyone else, but I didn't want to be ostracized either. So I couldn't be too weird or I couldn't be too vocal if I if I um, disagreed. But I was pretty much under the radar. And I would be also the girl who the teacher would forget my name. I wouldn't, you know, be the the smartest, the most athletic, the prettiest. I didn't fit into a stereotypical box. 
So perhaps that was motivation for me to do something grand、mm-hmm. in my adult life、mm-hmm. to get noticed. So now I'm thinking back at all the wallflowers <laughs> that you might have known in high school. Like, where are they now?、Yeah. What are they doing? They could be doing amazing things, but who would have paid attention? I was one of those. Two. I was、yeah. a wallflower. Where are the wallflowers?、Mm-hmm. Right. But now they're the cool girls. <laughs> We show up at the reunions like they, you did what? Yeah, <laughs> the most you got the most interesting story to tell because no one would have predicted. Yeah, it's like, true. What? That sounds so cool. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about、um, education as well, and and our attitudes because I think this applies to all of us to some extent. Our attitudes towards learning. Um, I was never in it for the piece of paper that came at the other end. I was in it for the learning itself.、Mm-hmm. Was never interested in the exam at the end.、Um, in fact, I don't think that anybody's ever seen any of the certificates that I have. But you were saying that you maybe maybe you should at some point go back and finish some of that education. But it's but it's not about the certificates, no. right? No. no. Um, so, what if it isn't about the certificates? Tell us about like your attitude towards learning. What what is it that because you because you're constantly learning?、Mm-hmm. I was at one point a workshopaholic,、uh, and that's what、um, Kate Muker's、uh, gatherings Diva Date No Diva Date Night Yeah Yeah Yeah. Did for me. It introduced me to a whole bunch of people who had different gifts and talents to share, and I wanted to know more about Reiki, about Akashic Records, about intuitive coaching. I would take. I took a course with Doreen Virtue, and I became an, a certified angel card reader. So I want to know more about life and how people deal with it.、Um, I have this insatiable curiosity to know people and their stories. So there's no degree for that. You know, I was thinking, oh, general studies might be the closest, but you'd have to handpick your topics to make it more meaningful and applicable to your life. I would say my favorite subject in SFU was philosophy, because it was more conversations. It wasn't like here's a textbook, you know, study it and then regurgitate these answers and get an A. The philosophy was about the discussions and seeing different people's point of view. Well, and originally. Universities worked that way.、Mm-hmm. Right? It was about people getting together、yep. in like a philosopher's cafe. They would all talk about、yes. what they were learning about. That was the way they shared. It's the way they learned. It's a great、um, way to learn. And and then it became it 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 sort of study devolved into yeah it became more and more specialized right、mm-hmm. and then you you started to have facult a faculty of this and and.、Um, And specific courses, and you had to be more specifically geared in everything. But I think that we've reached a time in our evolution as human beings where we're beginning to go back to the whole again.、Mm-hmm. So the Cartesian worldview was to take everything apart and see how all the parts worked.、Yeah. Now we're beginning to say, okay, now let's put it, put those parts back into a whole and、mm-hmm. see how the whole works. So、at the same time as paying attention to the parts, I had an experience over the summertime where I had two interns working with me for Granola Girl, and their testimonials afterwards were: I know they learned so much more having the experience working with me directly than they had at school. And it's great that they had the foundations, but to put it into practice and see what we go through day to day was really valuable to them. And I bet you, if you approach any entrepreneur for a job. 
they're not going to care where you graduated from, what you studied. It's all about you and how you're going to mm -hmm. sell yourself and your personality. And are you driven? Will you take initiative? Do you have creative ideas? Can you and learn on your own? Want to work with? Yeah, right. Can you work independently? I don't want you at a desk nine to five. I don't want to pay you for eight hours when I know you can get this work done in two hours, <laughs> right? Because you're so you're just in flow. And I want to create the space so that you can be creative. I don't want to tell you what to do. I'm like present the ideas to me and let's go from there. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a I new way. I used to way. be involved with teaching entrepreneurs, and and the guy who was teaching me about it, and who was an entrepreneur himself, he said, with entrepreneurs, you teach them just enough to solve the problem, and then you let them loose to solve it, mm -hmm. and then when they're ready for some more information, they'll come back with another problem that they don't have the solution to, and then they need a little bit more theory. Or, yeah. or more resources, and then they'll run out and they need string <laughs> to go and do that. But if you try to give them all the theory at the beginning, uh, they're not interested. So stick. they don't do particularly yeah. well in university because that's giving them all the yeah. theory in four years no and practical. without a lot of time to get out there and actually use it. And there are some universities that have practicums built into them, and I think that that is a it's – mm -hmm. It's a trend towards yeah. making um, the knowledge that we're taking in more more practical and and giving people that experience. In and the world. hopefully, they recognize that they do want to be an entrepreneur or don't want to be an entrepreneur before they graduate. Yeah, and then can probably redirect their attention to something they really truly love because that's going to be a sustainable career. Did you see a difference between being in the wedding cake business, which is a which was less entrepreneurial, more small business, less entrepreneurial. And um, going, going into Granola Girl, which was, Granola's not new, but how you were running it oh, yeah. was different. Yeah. Um, with Granola, okay, so the wedding business was, for me, all about a creative outlet. Um, having a connection with my customers, getting to know them, and creating something, and it was a one-time thing, you know, it was their wedding, and then I wouldn't see them again. With granola, how creative can I be? It's one flavor, um, but I love the marketing of it. I love um, presenting it to different groups of people, you know, who knowing who my target market is, but yet not being confined to one segment. I'm like, well, you know, you might think it's for women, but how am I going to be creative and market it to men? You know, how am I going to get – I don't want to exclude half of the population. Um, how can I get creative with the packaging? Who can I work with <clears throat> that's going to get me into the stores that are turning me away? So it's it, – this is on, on a much bigger scale. Um, this well, what you've also got built into Granola Girl is how your company interacts with the community. Oh yeah, because sure. you've got all kinds of you've got you've got the foundation. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the yeah. foundation because that to me is the a major difference in terms of what what this business does. The foundation came about only last year, um, and now on, in hindsight, I see the purpose of the foundation is to remind me why I created the business in the first place. So the foundation is a platform where I can create events, which I had always been doing and not making money from the events and, and struggling a lot. And that became all about how many people are coming. 
But when I created the foundation, I made a declaration and said, okay, if there's any money that's going to be made at these events, I'm going to donate it to a local nonprofit or charity that has a focus on youth empowerment or women entrepreneurs. So those became the two biggest values for really Girl close to, to your heart. Definitely. Being a mom of three teenagers, you know, I want the youth and the young girls to grow up in supportive environments and um, feeling that they are, you know, part of the collective and that we're here. We are really looking out for them and we want to pave a good, solid way. And of course, women entrepreneurs just need that extra support, need to be given the spotlight that otherwise is not easily given to them. And, of course, the smaller nonprofits because nobody knows about them. <laughs> Yet a lot of my friends or people that I encounter have created really amazing things that they don't have time to market, you know, their their charities or nonprofits. So if I have the community, if I have the audience who know they're going to get uh, a really fun time at an event, they're going to get good food, and they're going to help the people in their own backyard – I think that would make for a really good formula for a successful And they're event. creating connection. So it mm -hmm. creates community begets more community. Yeah, right? exactly. It tightens all of those bonds. Yeah. And uh, Granola yeah. Girl is not, you know, just she's the everyday girl. She's not, you know, some special person that you can't ever talk to. Um, I, I pump gas at the gas station in my car that has my logo and – the guy next to me is going to be like, oh, my goodness, I had Granola Girl for breakfast this morning. I'm like, yeah, I live here. I live in your neighborhood. <laughs> my kids probably go to the same school as yours. So, yeah, don't think it's some mm -hmm. superpower that you need to have or be to be an entrepreneur or create something. Mm -hmm. Another way you're making yeah. that accessible. Uh, I grew up never even thinking about being an entrepreneur. It was not, I don't think I had anybody in my family that had ever done anything like that. It was not in the community that I attended, meaning my church community, that was the one that I mostly associated with. It wasn't really a thing many people did within that community. So it just wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. And yet that's almost what right out of the gates where I went, just because I didn't fit anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I can go do this over here. <laughs> and I just did. And what I hear from you is you're you're doing you're creating and supporting the things that are going to help people self-identify and help them to gain the skills so that they can feel confident while they're trying something yeah. that is different that might not be the route that everybody else has taken or that the route that they've been told that they should take or etc well, exactly. yeah yeah because probably for the first few years of your life you're taking the course your parents suggested yeah. because they wanted you to be a doctor or a dentist but the last thing we would want is for anyone being at a job for 20 years of their life unhappy. Yeah. And, you know, everyone knows who it is or knows someone who's, you know, not happy at their job. And eventually your your body will tell you you're not happy because <laughs> yeah. you haven't been listening to yourself. So instead of just whining or complaining about it, what's the solution? The, what's an, another possibility? What's another option? They so can you have, have to be dissatisfied, first of all, and then you have to dream. Mm -hmm. You have dream to dream. Big. For those of you who are just joining us, uh, we're listening to, talking with, creating conversation <laughs> with um, April Balea, a serial entre entrepreneur of Granola Girl fame and intuitive coach. Um, and it's uh, 
we're we're essential conversations in in the studio on a Friday afternoon once again. I'm curious about now you've brought for some of your show and tell a book. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about this book yet. Mm-hmm. So it's Gary Zukav. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. You are. Uh, and it's called Soul Stories. So I'm going to tweet out a picture of you. Oh, by the way, anybody who's following along, if you'd like to connect in on the links and quotes and pictures that I'm sending out on Twitter regarding um, things that April's talking about today, you can find us on Twitter at EssentialConv. That's spelled Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. So I'm going to send out a picture of this book, but tell us why you brought it as your show and tell. Well, I was really happy to have met Gary Zukov in person at Wonderless this past Whistler, this past August. And I first saw Gary on TV on the Oprah show, and he was talking to a woman who had uh, lost her baby, who was a twin. And he was so comforting to her. Everything he said just made me feel at peace for her. And um, he was just the most calm guy. So I lost my father in 1999. And when I met Gary, it dawned on me. I said, Gary, I feel like you're my spiritual father. If I need comforting, I go to your books. I, I see your words. I feel at peace. And he loved that I said that. And so he gave me three hugs. He was so kind. Um because, you know, don't you have those encounters where you put someone on a pedestal and then you meet them and they're just like dismissive or they're, you know, in a hurry and you're like, oh, that wasn't so great. <laughs> but well, this he was started a lovely out just like you. Like the, he, I think his first book was Seed of the Soul. Yeah. And I remember reading that back in the 80s. Like, yeah, 1978, I think he published it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's very relevant yes. if it's, you know, only your first time reading it. It's still applicable, and it explains so much. And what he talked about was, because he, Linda was also there, his spiritual partner, and he was able to describe a really huge difference between men and women. He said, Linda is a connector. When she talks, she talks about feelings and emotions, and she wants you to like her, and, you know, she wants you to relate. Gary is an effective communicator, and and that's why his books are so easy to read, and they make sense. So you don't have to, you know, look up words or not understand things. It's just so simple, and it's so true. And every time I read it, I'm like, this feels so true for me. And, um, yeah, just hasn't failed. Another pattern I'm, fe- I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. Simplicity, mm-hmm. authenticity, yeah. sincerity. And these things run through it, right? The things that you create, the experiences yeah. that you When I create, first met you, you were, you you're very self-disclosing. Mm. So it, it's like, well, here's what I'm going through. Like, and can anybody else relate to this? Right? Did you yeah. you say that to people all the time? I don't know how else to be. No, exactly. <laughs> but it but the but that the the result that comes out of that is that that people say, "Oh my god. You mean you've gone through that too?" Mm-hmm. Or it's not exactly like that, but it's like this and it, and then the conversation takes off, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a passage that you'd like to share with us today, don't you? Oh yeah. Let's go for it. This goes along with the first song. So It's pretty short, but the chapter is called The Earth School, written by Gary Zukov. 
The creator gathered all of creation and said, "I want to hide something from the humans until they are ready for it. It is the knowledge that they create their own reality." Give it to me," said the salmon. "I will hide it in the bottom of the ocean." No," said the creator. "One day they will go to the bottom of the ocean and they will find it." Give it to me," said the bear. "I will take it into the mountain." No," said the creator. "One day they will dig into the mountains and they will find it." Give it to me," said the eagle. "I will take it to the moon. They will never find it." No," said the creator. "One day they will go to the moon and they will find it there." Then grandmother mole rose. Everyone became quiet. They knew that although she has no physical eyes, grandmother mole lives in the breast of mother earth and sees with spiritual eyes. Put it inside them," she said. "It is done," said the creator. So we know where we need to look,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How many years of my own life have I spent looking for the answers outside of myself? Yeah. When? Yeah. Lo and behold. I love that. Thank you for Thank sharing you that.、There. I haven't heard、yeah. it before. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good、lovely. one. Like the metaphors. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I would I would say that since I've known you, you've been you've been on that journey of starting to look inside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, more so in the last three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、It's、I think we、easy. get better at it as we go along. Oh, you、yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Do we have time for the second song? We do, and I'm feeling pulled to the Beatles.、Right. Something does that work for you?、Mm-hmm. Why did, was this one of the songs that you chose? So my daughter is really into music. And not like the music all the other teenagers are listening to. She's listening to classics like Queen and the Beatles. And I asked her which was her favorite Beatles song, and she said this one. And I said that's my favorite song too. So look how we love the same song coming from different generations.、Yeah. But this song, especially because it's such a f- powerful、um, song for women, it's like. How you move, how you are, who you are, how you be, is just like there's something about it. And for the people who try and put you in a box or want to label you or want to try and figure you out, it's like don't even bother. You know, it's just that something <laughs>、like、that. you can't put your finger on. And I don't want to be on a box, and I don't want to be labeled, I don't want to be given a diagnosis. You know, so it's like if you want to call me weird. You know, or call or give it a name. Who, what's going to matter? It's not going to change、mm-hmm. who I am.、Let、it's just it, going to satisfy. Let it be my mystery. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, we will listen to the Beatles' "Something," and we will rejoin April here in the studio in just a few minutes. Tracks me like no other lover. Something in the way she woos me. I don't want to leave her now.
Welcome back to Essential Conversations. We are Rebecca and Luca. We are talking with April Bellia, and we just listened to the Beatles singing something. April, we've just got a little bit of time here. I want to make sure that uh, we give you a chance to um, tell people how to connect with you. And is there anybody that might be listening right now that you would love to hear from? Well, I love hearing from people who say they buy my granola cereal <laughs> all the time, and um, I really want to express my gratitude and thanks for all of that support. Um, I love it when you know I'm in the grocery store and I see a bag of granola girl in someone else's basket. So that just makes me smile. I don't have to say anything. I don't introduce myself. I stand myself. beside it and I say, I know the woman who makes that granola, and it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good energy behind it. it the is, people who are yeah. making it. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, and maybe that's another element of why it's so good. Do you feel good supporting you know, a, a product that gives back? So thank you for that. Um, so it's easy to reach out. Take a picture, you know, put a hashtag granola girl, tag us on Instagram. We love seeing that. We love collaborating with granola girl ambassadors. So... You can talk to me about more information about that, how you can incorporate Granola Girl into your lifestyle really easily and get recognized for that. Um, I have a personal website. I'm, I'm launching my coaching website. I'm coming out of the closet. It's called AprilMayBellia.com, and I do angel card readings. I do cons- consulting for startups, and the biggest... Um, the biggest thing you'll get out of it more is is the intuitive coaching aspect. So I'd love to do more of that if anyone's looking out. And um, lastly, join us and the community at our event coming up on November 15th. It's called Good in the Hood. It's going to be at the Heritage Hall. And we haven't made any formal that's announcements yet. That's here in Vancouver. Yet. So yeah. that's for people it's who are Vancouver. local in the greater Vancouver area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like... 
the Christmas party for entrepreneurs. You don't get your corporate Christmas party, so come and join other entrepreneurs and hear their stories firsthand. It's going to be always a great group of people and good food and uh, good entertainment. So look out for that, and we'll be posting it. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's, it's been a long time coming. I'm so yeah. glad to have you here. <laughs> We're so thrilled to have you. Yeah. Timing was perfect. It was op- absolutely awesome. Luca, Thank do you have you. anything else coming up that you want to tell people about? I uh, don't have anything to announce just yet. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm redesigning my website, so when I'm ready with that, I will l- launch and let everybody know about coming back and finding out what new things I'm up to. Okay. And how Sounds about you? Good. Um, for myself, also kind of the same. Um, I do have the group for anybody who grew up in the Worldwide Church of God. If you would like to talk through the impacts, you can come and find my website and you can f- follow along with the conversations there. Until next week, I wonder... What's around the corner? Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halex, Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalex.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing,